0: Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Two, 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 two. Welcome to Did You America? Season two, episode three. I think so. I don't know how to count past two. I'm counting quite successfully so far for this new season. I'm Camfield. He's Jeremy. Here we go for uh, another one. Eight. Hey, by the way, do you remember I told you a few weeks ago that uh, to try and make this like a professional podcast that people are getting paid millions of dollars for on Spotify now? I was going to try and get some production for this so we could have some, you know, introduction, big voiceover and bits of music. But that my guy that was doing it is great but drunk, so I had to wait for him to sober up. So. He sobered up. Oh. I know. It took about three weeks, right? Oh. But he finally sent me some stuff over the weekend, and it was pretty good. But I had to say to him, it's not America enough. Oh, whoa. Like, he sent a kind of American-sounding intro with a big uh, voiceover going, did you America where Ian Canfield? And I went, "No," nah. And he said, I've tried to America it up for you. And I said give me something that sounds like Ted Nugent playing Star Spangled Banner and then send it back to me. Right. Just, it, just give us Ted Nugent. Well, like... <laughs> we could hire him he's too busy defending the people who invaded the senate (laughs) i don't think he hasn't he hasn't hasn't been able to put a guitar on since last wednesday (laughs) he's like my god do you know how many deer are running around because he hasn't been out to shoot them in the last like five days the deer population has gone through the roof there's barely enough room for them in the forest it's like that rush song there's trouble in the forest there's something in the trees it's just like that is that a rush song i I don't know because the population of deer is sky Rocketing because ted nugent has not been out to shoot any recently because he's just been on his computer getting out the messages to defend the people who invaded the senate before he gets banned from twitter who would have thought that our biggest problem would be all these deer and that we desperately
1: now need ted nugent <laughs>
0: anyway so yeah um hopefully uh, maybe by third well i don't know he's probably started drinking again if uh, <laughs> th- by the next time my very creative buddy sobers up we might have a full-on did you america intro because um, you know i'm trying to make this experience as professional as possible
1: I prefer the mic one, mic
0: one, isn't this a lot of fun? I'm not intending to stop that. Okay, it, good. It, it'll just come, it'll be like when those TV shows do the little prequel to the intro where they get show you a little bit of, you know, okay. do you
1: know what I mean? I think we have enough examples of you singing on the podcast where we probably could just use one of those as the intro. Have
0: a, l- have a little bit of feedback from my singing on uh, last week's episode coming later. By the way, if you do want to send us feedback on anything to do with this podcast or buy a t-shirt, did you America.com is where you can go for all things uh, relating to this show uh, jeremy we had snow yesterday in uh dfw um it was headline news it's the first time in about a year that the headline news in texas hasn't been about the amount of covid that we've got and it's been <laughs> right. about the amount of snow that we had it's a, it's a rare thing especially in the the, the dallas fort worth part of texas
1: yeah but can you really call it snow if the next day there is no sign of snow whatsoever
0: uh, so i've lived now in uh two parts of the states that you could say have extreme weather because i lived four years in arizona where it's excessively hot they, they right. don't really have weather in arizona it's either hot or too hot. Yeah. And occasionally it gets broken up by a dust storm or a monsoon. I just say don't forget that one month where it rains. But that's when they have monsoon. Right. So it's pretty extreme. Texas overall is more hot than not, but you get the occasional tornado that comes through, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but so in Arizona, if there's a little bit of precipitation, people think that literally God is sending you a message. And, and 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 the same thing happened here in my apartment complex yesterday. When it rained in Arizona, people would appear on their balconies with wine. This is before the pandemic when you had to socially distance. they cheers one another across their balcony, <laughs> across the complex with, with wine because there was a little bit of rain. Still- <laughs> right and yesterday that was happening because there was snow here that's insane so snow is t- t- uh, snow is to texas what rain is to arizona is my understanding of being in texas for the first time when it snowed yeah you're absolutely correct with that i think i'm
1: a little spoiled because uh i had family that lived in colorado growing up so like we would visit them every year and i'd get to see like actual real snow but i had some friends over this weekend and we were talking about how like you know. Big news in Texas, it might snow on Sunday. And two of my friends were like, yeah, I've never seen real snow before. I was shocked by that. You know, they've seen what happened yesterday. They've seen flurries. They've seen our, you know, maybe we'll get one or two ices throughout the year, but like full mountain snow they've
0: never experienced. When you live in a place where it's generally more summer than any other season, which I I guess it's fair to say is in Texas, I found as an outsider... You can never get a straight answer from the locals about how the weather is. So when I lived in Arizona, no one would give me a consistent answer about how hot it gets. People would go, Oh (laughs) my God, I've been here when it was 125. And I, no, it has never been 125 in Phoenix. You are lying. And then here, it's like that with snow, because I was under the impression that, especially in DFW, it hardly ever snows. And if it does, it never settles or anything. A few weeks ago, I was in a diner and, um, this old queen that works behind the bar was going, oh, my God, let me tell you, in 2008, we had nine inches. I'm like, what are you talking about?
1: (laughs) That didn't (laughs) happen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Snow? Nine inches of snow? See, and I think because i feel like some of the people that were on my balconies in this apartment complex yesterday watching a bit of a flurry in 2021 fast forward to 2035 they will be the people going oh my god in 2021 there was 10 inches
1: in deep ellum see the thing about texas weather is like everyone that lives here knows it's It's bipolar. It's irrational. Like, one day it'll be 100 degrees, and the next it'll be freezing and snowing, and then it'll be raining, and then there'll be a tornado. Like, there's no telling what's going to happen in Texas. The problem with Arizona weather, mainly the way that the people of Arizona describe the weather is no matter what you're going to hear from when you complain about the heat. Oh, but it's a dry heat. No, it's not. It's fucking hot. We haven't discussed this a lot in the podcast, but I actually lived in Arizona for four years, too. I went to the University of Arizona for a year before they kicked me out Mm -hmm. and then went to community college in, in Arizona because I couldn't deal with the shame of moving back home. But I dealt with such strange terrible weather there and people just took it as normal there was one day that first year i was walking to class beautiful day 95 sun was out i was in tank top basketball shorts walked to class you know freshman student excited about his college career other students going did walter becker join the college (laughs) exactly and then as i'm walking back to my dorm all of a sudden without a cloud in the sky it started hailing. Oh, right. It started hailing on me. I still had about half a mile to go before I got back to my dorm. I didn't have any, you know, cars or. Car- I didn't
0: bring an umbrella with me. I think there's uh, there's consistency in the personality of people, which is in some ways dictated by the weather in their area. So, for example, in England, it's very grey and wet most of the time hence the fact british people are very gray and drab and miserable like their weather in phoenix people are more upbeat but no one can agree on how hot it gets because it generally is hot or too hot i think the thing is with texans and the disagreement on the amount of snow it gets is because the texas psyche is whatever your topic of discussion is it has to be bigger and better in texas therefore even though in dfw if there's going to be snow which there barely is it's probably going to be a little flurry and it will last for a few hours and none of it will settle which is what my experience was yesterday I revert back to the example of the old queen who works behind the bar in the diner who had to tell me that he remembered in 2008, there was nine inches. That just didn't happen. There was probably point nine inches the but right. in his mind it was nine inches because it had to be bigger and better because it's in texas i right? can tell
1: you this much the moment i got hit with ice pellets
0: while it was sunny out i never went to class again <laughs> all right we have a lot to discuss on the, today's podcast i've got some uh, some dad news for you um which we'll get to in just a bit um uh, I I spoke to my dad yesterday. His uh, Wi-Fi is now malfunctioning massively, and the reason he won't get it fixed is just absurd. Plus, some updates via my sister, because as a result of uh, the UK's quarantine, she has been homeschooling her kids in my dad's house because she's got a lot of builders in her house doing renovations. So I need to give you an update on how, how difficult she's found it living by his rules with her kids for a few hours a day in uh, in his house. Um, plus, we're going to divide today's podcast, as if as it's like we've planned it, into uh, music news and uh, movie news and uh, also sports news. We're getting closer and closer to the Super Bowl. And uh, what's going on with the Cleveland... By the way, this is the bit where I try to hold my own and sound as if I know what I'm talking about when it comes to football, and Jeremy's basically going to... To use a sporting analogy, take the ball from me and and run (laughs) this bit, right? You got this. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like I'm going to. This is what we've been practicing for. I'm going to be like the long snapper. Okay. And then you're going to carry up. The long snapper like starts. Yeah? No? And and then I'm going to punt the ball. Right. There you go. You got it uh what is the cleveland browns they were the worst team ever forever and ever and ever and then now they're in the playoffs right yeah it's pretty shocking
1: i think uh i think most people are surprised that they even got a win but if you see the team that they played if you see how they ended the season and how cleveland ended their season it's really not all that surprising
0: with the steelers i got friends of mine that are fans of the steelers that basically are they're diehard steelers fans but they just think that the team has been terrible for ages and there's big changes that need to happen there but they keep resisting it so they always shit the bed basically the Steelers yeah basically they're learning what it's like to be a Cowboys fan right
1: now where they they've had all this consistency for years and now they're like wait what's happening we're
0: we're not the same team but the 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 Browns they're not going to get any further than the than the playoffs right but this is still a huge because weren't they the team that almost got close to not not um winning any game for an entire season a couple of times
1: yeah I think I think they might even have one oh and 16 season if not a, a couple one and 15s in there but yeah i mean they have you know they've they've been building this roster for a few years now so after failure after failure after failure like the nfl gives you so many chances to be good they finally took one up
0: yeah and um as much as people like to hate on him, it looks like, um, you know, as far as Brady going to Tampa is concerned, the Brady magic is still alive in Tampa, and it very much has left the Patriots.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's By insane. the way, how am I doing? You're this? crushing this? it Oh, right my God. Now. This mean... sounds
0: like I'm on a sports <laughs> station. It's so Look exciting.
1: <laughs> I, uh, I think it's just incredible. I mean, the guy's 43 years old. A meme went viral this weekend showing it was like he broke a record for the oldest player to throw a touchdown in the playoffs and so he beat i believe it was george blanda they were both 43 at the time so of course they put a picture of Mm. george and a picture of tom brady and it looked like the guy the older guy was uh, brady's grandpa i mean the guy looks absolutely incredible for 43 years old and you know at the beginning of the season he was struggling a bit but now i mean the way he's been playing in
0: his last four or five games it's It's why he's the go. But the struggle as well, wasn't that down to the fact of the COVID restrictions so he couldn't get to grips with being in the new team? Like he probably wouldn't have struggled early on if he'd have had the lead into playing for the buccaneers that that he would have done in the regular year right look at you oh I am that was good this. yeah
1: i mean you know this year the I've nfl got another
0: comparison which might not be quite so good but keep going No, nah, you're yeah.
1: gonna crash yeah. it don't yeah. worry
0: yeah don't uh, you love the fact that i'm we you it's like in radio you have things called air checks where you do a show and then you sit with the boss and play a tape of the show and they critique it this this segment of us talking is basically we're doing it in real time but you're basically giving me feedback on whether or not I you know Right I'm just you know I'm guiding you in the right direction you got it I need a new job in radio and basically I'm exploring all avenues so today we're ro- we're road testing my potential p- career in sports on Thursday's episode we'll be doing it entirely in Spanish to see if I can get a job on a Mexican station Como se dice gato mis pantalones es en fuego All right that might I might struggle a bit more with that but yes that's true right? Right, if if Brady had had a, a non-COVID lead-in to being a, a Buccaneer, he probably would have been fine from the outset. Right, they didn't have a proper training camp. Now, as a
1: Cowboys fan, we're gonna go ahead and use that same excuse. Although, you know, we didn't have the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah, you know, we dealt with injuries, so we couldn't have that late-season push. Mm. But yeah, you saw a lot of a lot of players that were on new teams, or a lot of teams that had new coaches. They struggled early in the year because the NFL. It gives you so much time with the team normally in the off season that you have, you know, you can implement a new offense, a new defense, see how the scheme's going to run. And then instead, it was just on the fly over Zoom, no in person contact. It was hard for a lot of guys to get going. How did.
0: did over Zoom, so do they like one of them throws a ball, <laughs> a ball and the other one catches I'm trying to figure right. out how that works. Yeah,
1: I think uh, a lot of <laughs> computer screens were broken this off season. I mean,
0: I'm thinking, you know, I, all credit to say snl for trying to do episodes on zoom uh, that right. kind of didn't work no. but i understand why they wanted to do it but the idea right i'm throwing the ball now to you tom <laughs> and you have to catch it in your house on the other side of tampa that's uh yeah
1: what's weird is you know everyone's praising brady and then the the team they'll be playing is the new orleans state so that's a matchup between Drew Brees, exactly right? a 43 year old and a 41 you're so good oh <laughs> listen here sports networks and dfw you know, screw it espn give us a call this
0: is what espn have been laying people off left right and center because uh, you know a lot of the sporting world obviously didn't happen they just need to plug me into that network they got rid of dan levitard we're ready to go from this table
1: <laughs> i could save an
0: espn from my dining room table in deep ellum but i think you know this <laughs> is the new espn show and it's beautiful get some Who... cameras in here <laughs> <laughs> we'll be the new um who are those two that used to do the the morning show? they out mike the, and mike yeah, yeah and they hated one another <laughs> yes right, towards there. The right, absolutely well, we should be the new mike and mike with cameras oh, on. i my can never room hate table. you though i don't know they probably liked one another to start with uh, okay i'll hate you eventually yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there's uh-huh. only so many fat walter becker jokes <laughs> that you can take <laughs> right. and like, eventually right. <laughs> i'll snap <laughs> you know they
1: but i think what's funny is so many people are so impressed with their age and like I don't see them as old as a 28 year old. But what I find weird is as someone who's been a sports fan my whole life, no matter what age of the player, I still see them as like older and more adult than me. Like there's these, you know, monsters of men that come in at, 21 22 years old and in my head like there's so much more like men and adult than i'll ever be mm. that like i don't see them as kids you are like oh no like these guys are on a whole nother level than
0: i am like yeah. it's weird to look up to someone who's six years younger than me right so uh let me let me ask you this one more question on our new sports segment on uh, did you america i'm going to call you jeremy mike for this <laughs> for, okay for this segment As uh, Brady uh, with the Patriots, they lost the Super Bowl. People thought that he was too old and uh, it was over. And then he went to Tampa to join the Buccaneers and has put them back on track and has proved that he can still do it at his advanced age. Having been written off by a lot of people after the 2020 Super Bowl, And then proving that actually, even though he's old, he can still be great doing the same thing with a different group of people. Is Brady at the Buccaneers, he's never say never again. (laughs) Well, technically, yes, it
1: is. But if they end up winning, I mean... Then it's gonna be like his swan song. You're gonna be the guy being like, "No, it was never as good as that 2008 season when they almost had him." (laughs) That uh, I think I think it's more gonna come down to you know now people will say like, "Oh, it was more Brady than Belichick for all the years." Yeah, Belichick
0: must be really angry at the moment. Yeah, but
1: you know what? In the end, like it's it's hard to assess off of one year. Tom Brady went to a, a roster that was significantly better. Than what New England put out this year, which is a big reason of why he wanted to leave. You know, the NFL, there's there's 53 guys on the roster. It's a lot different in the NBA where if you have one significant player, it can take your team to another level. With the NFL, yes, quarterback is king. If you have a great quarterback, your chances
0: are even higher. But like that's like the Cowboys not having Dak Prescott. Exactly. This year. And I should have a bell that goes ding every, every time, time I raise a valid right. point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I've scored at least 50 points in today's random sports <laughs> segment.
1: I just think, you know, people are going to now say, oh, Belichick, he had the greatest quarterback of all time. How great was he? But I think Belichick is doing just all right. He took a terrible team and they had an OK season, you know, with no preparation with the new quarterback in him and. Then, and He's getting the Presidential Medal of Freedom today. So he's doing just fine. I've got
0: one last question that's just come into my mind before we move on to something else. Given the frustration that you would imagine uh, Tom Brady effectively being fired from the Patriots and then going and becoming a success in Tampa uh, would create, given that frustration how many time massages do you think Robert Kraft has had so far this
1: year?
0: <laughs> he's just finally brought Orchids of Asia into his
1: house. He's like, I guess I have the money. He's built the maroon. <laughs> right. He hasn't found more attractive hookers, but <laughs> he went ahead and he's no longer traveling for his hand jobs. Well,
0: exactly. And I've raised this point before. The thing that surprised me the most about that story wasn't that he was getting that kind of treatment. It was that he was going to a strip mall for it. No one with Robert Kraft money ever needs to go to a strip mall for anything hey don't
1: kink shame him maybe there was something about all those businesses next to each other just got him off
0: (laughs) is it like (laughs) i was driving through arlington a few days ago i don't know exactly where we were but we're driving down a road and basically either side of the street were two massive strip malls and there was papa john's and texas roadhouse um, and uh, uh Kroger on one Stop side. It. You're going to be uh, so hot. Exactly. And then on the other side, it was uh, Cracker Barrel and Applebee's. And and I just went, oh my God, this is America. <laughs> Do you think that's Robert Crow? I mean, I didn't. My next thought wasn't go get me an Asian hooker. I want to be jerked off. <laughs> Clearly, but, something's wrong with you. Yeah, but, but that's kind of what you're like. Yeah. That, that's the
1: exact <laughs> feel like You just describing that. I'm. I can't even do the second part of this podcast. I have to go get an Asian hooker.
0: I uh wow. Maybe I should be friends with Robert Kraft. We could bond over. <laughs> out. I'll be like, do you ever drive past a Cracker Barrel and just feel so fucking horny?
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> every single day. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Um. What a way to What a way to wrap up the sports roundup.
0: <laughs> well, I don't want to uh, blow our own trumpet. That's probably something that Robert Kraft ordered. That. Uh... <laughs> but. <laughs> But <laughs> Well well she blew his truck. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I um yeah, I think that was quite a successful little segment. You did really well. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Like the bell at the front of the Thai massage place. Ding, 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 ding. Ring 12 times for the Robert Kraft special. Ding, 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 That's what
1: happens, right? That's your reward for doing so well in the sports segment. Someone's getting jerked off.
0: Well, maybe that is part of the deal, because didn't he go get the Thai massage on the day of the Super Bowl? we pretty much just won the super bowl is what you're saying no what i'm saying is is it was his reward for getting that far ah okay so this is your reward for getting this far whoever said to whoever's turning a blind eye is going uh robert you could buy orchids of asia and put it in the spare room of your mansion but if it's such a kink thing that you want to go to the strip mall you can go you can go get it at the strip mall if we get to the super bowl it's like that's his bonus
1: i just can't wait till we get to take this podcast
0: on the road first
1: episode is definitely happening for orchids <laughs> <goods> of asia <laughs>
0: Okay, Um, before we get into the music news, um, let's uh, do the results of the song of the week and set up the new songs for this coming week. Didyouamerica.com slash song is where you can go to to vote on the website. If you want to vote on Twitter, uh, because I'm still on Twitter, apparently a lot of people aren't these days, um, you can go to Ian Canfield on Twitter. Uh, The beginning of the end by Crosses was my choice last week. That got 35% of the vote. Growing Up by Eddie Vedder was Jeremy's choice last week. That got 3% of the vote. (laughs) Looks like nothing's changing in the new year. Uh, New York producer chose Haircut by Chaz Cardigan, 62% of the vote. So well done, uh, New York producer and uh Chaz cardigan by the way new york producer still feeling rough from covid but not dead oh thank god bets definitely are that he will outlive larry king at this point let's hope so Yeah. okay
1: i have larry king in my death pool
0: so right. oh by the way what is the who, uh, currently who will win the super Bowl? we should round up i mean i got i got sidetracked by orchids of asia oh. talk but the appropriate way to finish football roundup would be with jeremy mike's prediction <laughs> as of now as to who's going to win super
1: bowl as of now i'm still going with the favorites i have kansas city versus green bay in the
0: super bowl i think kansas city will once again prevail all right uh in part two uh we'll get to music news of which there's a lot hopefully we'll have time for uh the the movie news as well and set up the new song of the week did you is where you can go to for all did you america stuff See now in uh, future weeks once my production guys sobered up again at the start of part 2 we'd have had a thing that goes "Did you America today?" I mean why bother him? You just did it. He can do it better. Uh okay. Um so, um, yeah, I don't know why I'm telling you that as if it's something anyone listening is looking forward to, but I, it's just... I, it's because I've started listening to other podcasts and they've all got all these whiz-bangs and things and I'm like... I want that. We, we Yes, I'm like, I want that. <laughs> but unfortunately, I'm very specific about what I want and I sent it back. The, the drunk guy that's making it, I sent it back telling him, you haven't made it sound America enough. Do better. Yeah, basically, and his reply was... You know I'm doing this for free. (laughs)
1: Well, you offered.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's uh, set up the new song of the week song choices. Didyouamerica.com slash song is where you can vote or there will be a poll on my Twitter. I'm at Ian Canfield on Twitter. Uh, Jeremy, what is your song of the week this week? Well, my song will be getting another low vote total, but I don't
1: care. Uh, this week, I will be honoring the late MF Doom who passed away over Halloween, but the rap community only learned about it on uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, ASAP Rock and Homeboy Sandman together, they have a group they call Lice. They put out a song called Ask Anyone, which uh, is a song over the
0: MF Doom beat, Datura Stramonium. This is all making sense to me. Yes. You know, it's really weird <laughs> that I thought I might struggle with our football segment, and I aced that. And now we've gone into music, which I think I know quite a lot about. You've lost me in the first 10 seconds of this segment. Ah, uh, Well, um, MF Doom is honestly... Oh, I know about yeah, him. Yeah, I know about him. He was the king him. of the underground. No, He's I, awesome. I, I know about him, and I read about him dying. What you just said... <laughs> in, in regards <laughs> right. to the
1: tribute you, after asap rocky you completely no, lost not asap rocky oh. asap rock completely different oh rapper. well that's ridiculous asap rock came
0: first so there's an asap rock and an asap rocky yes spelled totally differently is is, were they originally a duo and then they went their (laughs) separate ways it's like you know because in the there's a bunch of like really bad big hair 80s metal bands that probably never needed to exist in the first place and they couldn't get along and now there's two versions of them like for example can you name me one song by la guns no no And I wouldn't expect you to, but there are now two versions of L.A. Guns touring 30 years after there didn't ever need to be one original one in the first place. Is this the hip-hop version
1: of that? Sadly, it's not, but there is a video on the internet of ASAP Rock and ASAP Rocky meeting, and it will blow your mind. Okay,
0: so what is it you're choosing? So
1: my song is Ask Anyone by Lice. R-I-P-M-F-DOOM.
0: Yes, why did it take from halloween to new year because that sort of suggests that he'd lost his way uh, in, for if it took that long for his death to be reported so
1: we it hasn't been disclosed how he died his oh. his wife shared the news on his instagram page and you know again he was an underground rapper like he wasn't he wore a mask all the time so like he wasn't into being very publicly known was he the masked magician he pretty much was so he uh yeah,
0: he's gone now. And Can that be announced three months now, after now, his now, death? now he's dead? He was the guy <laughs> exposing all those magic secrets. Have you seen that show, The Mars <laughs> no. Magician? Love? Have you never seen that? No. It's all over YouTube. There was a TV show where a guy who professed to be a magician wore a face mask. And basically, rather than watching just a magic show, you'd see the trick. And then the guy in the mask would come on and explain how the trick was done so it broke the you know the magic circles code what, of was, codes. was he afraid that like magicians were going to come kill him yes <laughs> and so he was known as the masked magician and even it's a you know tv show from probably the 2000s this is all, all over youtube if ever you want to know how a magic trick's done i guarantee if you go to youtube and type it in there'll be a clip of the Master magician showing you that but to this day I don't think anyone ever discovered who the masked magician was. Let's start the rumor that it was MF Doom. Well, I already know how magic tricks are done with magic. <laughs> it also concerns me when, if there's someone famous that their, their death... Uh, by the way, we'll get to announcing the other songs in a second. <laughs> uh, it concerns me if if someone famous has died and yet their death doesn't get announced till a, a couple of months after they actually passed away. It sort of suggests has been status where they really lost their way so for example the star of 80s tv show airwolf jan michael vincent you can imagine even if you don't know what airwolf is you can imagine what it was it was a night rider in a helicopter (laughs) okay so (laughs) good and the star of airwolf uh even during the making of airwolf was quite a notorious alcoholic cocaine addicted wife beater he was a terrible choice for a kids action tv show and then after airwolf it just got worse and worse and then he like lost a leg because he was in such bad shape anyway the point is is he died about two years ago but even though at one point in time he was one of the highest paid i think the highest paid actor on tv he becomes such a has been and lost his way that although it would still have been notable to say Jan michael vincent star of airwolf was dead <laughs> his death wasn't reported until two months after he died like when you read the obituaries the reaction was oh the guy from airwolf died fuck me he died three months ago and it's only just being reported <laughs> by variety now so i i hope that mf doom you know didn't suffer the same sad ending to his life as jam michael vincent right i think it, it was more like he didn't want the world oh. to know
1: where like jam michael vincent was probably like on his deathbed like why doesn't anybody know
0: <laughs> i think that might i be was true. an airwolf. we do do very uh unique obituaries to people on this podcast yeah. have you noticed yeah we- <laughs> i've been wanting
1: to do for Leslie West now for about a month and it might be too late <laughs> I mean sure the guy is uh, one of the great guitarists of all time But from like, Mountain from Mountain yes the best part about him though is he you know we make the joke all the time multiple times in this podcast that I'm really I look like a fat Walter Becker mm-hmm. really what I look like is a skinny Leslie
0: West when did Leslie West die like a month ago all right Are you telling me that because you've now discovered that you'd rather be described as a skinny Leslie West (laughs) rather than a fat Walter Becker, one month after Leslie West, who did get timely tributes made passed away you'd like to do a leslie west tribute now
1: i'm just saying like there were so many tributes for him and then as i was looking at him i was like holy shit is this actually my dad is it not walter becker i mean like you know i if you look at him back in the day like he was a a chunky chunky man with long curly hair this would have been well like in the 70s yeah 70s 80s for sure and that's that's kind of where i'm at i mean like sure Walter Becker, I am greasy and long hair and gross just like him. But he also was like very thin and like had a nice mustache. That's not me. There, I the, need the, there definitely was a slightly more erudite air about Walter Becker than you. Right. Like you looked at him and you're like, oh, he doesn't shower for a reason. Leslie West, you look at him and you're like, oh, he doesn't shower because he can't. That's more... <laughs>
0: That's more my alley, you know, (laughs) you basically saying Walter Becker wasn't white trash enough for you, but Leslie West is more in your trailer park. I'm just saying, like, look at look at this picture of him right here
1: that I'm showing you. Like, sure, he also looks like one of the guys that stormed the Capitol last week,
0: (laughs) but he also does kind of look like me did he fake his own death so he could get away with storming the capitol <laughs> Le- well that's a rumor to start leslie west faked his own death so he could storm the capitol because he didn't want to get caught on camera like that guy from iced earth hey. which by the way i've never read about iced earth so much they've never they're never ever 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 gonna have as much publicity as they do right now and it's for totally the wrong reasons right. so have you seen that guy with <laughs> oh, the white of course yeah. like, he keeps iced iced earth iced earth iced earth like iced earth have probably been around for about 20 years they they were praying that so many people would be saying their name just a gig going iced earth iced earth iced earth but now everyone's saying it on social media because that that idiot was storming the capital right like the 30 members
1: of the band in the past are now like oh my god can they please go back to talking about how one of our former members is now a writer for howard stern and not talking about how one of our members has stormed the Capitol? right
0: didn't leslie west end up in a wheelchair yeah well i I think he
1: lost his his leg to diabetes later in his life which again perfect analogy for me i'm definitely gonna eventually lose a leg to diabetes
0: oh God. okay well you know we used to do uh when we were planning on doing a podcast we we did uh, some dry runs some pilots if you like for this podcast in a radio studio where i used to work because i used to have a job at one point um it did uh, now you mention it Back then, say like six months ago, you in that studio, you used to stand up to do the podcast. Now you, you're sitting down. Oh, I'll never stand again. <laughs> you might be getting closer to the Leslie West method of performing. Well,
1: if you remember, also during those demos, I would complain about how like I thought I had gout in my foot, and I, I will tell you, well, I have. It has been confirmed that I don't have gout. Luckily, the foot pain has not gone away for six months. So yeah, I'm never standing again. That's not even to record. Catch me sitting for the rest of my life, BB King style. Wow.
0: Okay. Well, so um, you'd rather we'd, re- we'd rather retire <laughs> Fat Walter Becker no. and start the, the Skinny Leslie West?
1: I don't think I don't think we need to retire Fat Walter Becker. I think I can be described in many ways. You know, this week it's Fat Walter Becker. Next week it's bearded Leslie West. You know, in a few weeks, it'll be Ugly Brad Pitt, whatever. Right. Um, what was by
0: the way, we we're in the middle of doing the uh, song of the week. Do you remember that? Oh, right. right?
1: Yeah. I, so my <laughs> choice is
0: Ask Anyone by Lice. Uh, <laughs> a New York producer wants to go for Lose Your Head by London Grammar. And I am going to go for a song that I found slightly moving on um, uh, Jimmy Kimmel uh, this past week. Because there's a new album out by Steve Earle. And um, he's basically covered a bunch of songs that his son wrote because his son passed away from uh, an overdose last year. So Steve Earle is um, paying tribute to his son. And uh, this was the song that he was performing on... uh, jimmy kimmel last week and i thought oh this is a good song and then at the very like they introduced it as uh this is steve Earle performing um one of the songs written by his uh, late son and he does a good version of it and then it's it's online if you want to see the, the version from kimmel and then at the end of it steve Earle just says i see you wanna get there cowboy i uh, like oh. so, no, i know and I thought, oh, that's nice and uh, sad, but the song's good. So uh, the version of Harlem River Blues by Steve Earl is my choice. So Harlem River Blues by Steve Earl, my choice. Ask Anyone by Lice, Jeremy's Choice. New York producer going for Lose Your Head by London Grammar. Vote at didyouamerica.com slash song or go to my Twitter at Ian Camfield and vote on the poll. Who was your pick? It was Steve Earl. Yes.
1: See, he got lucky because most famous musicians, when their kids try to become musicians as well, they're just total crap. You know, they're not going to do anything close to what they're going to be his son. He was like, oh, he actually put out some good music. Maybe I'll throw him a bone, throw one of these songs out for him. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that's true, actually. It was actually good, you said.
0: Well, yeah. Well, I mean, Steve Earl is an accomplished uh, musician in the in the country world. Also, an excellent character in The Wire. Do you remember Steve Earl in The Wire? No. No. The, you know the wire Yeah. Steve Earle's the guy that runs the rehab
1: oh, oh I didn't even know who this guy was I didn't know he was like famous yeah, yeah like yeah. otherwise yeah Okay. And it's a,
0: obviously it's a really sad story with his son because Steve Earl had a very well documented history. This of, is his
1: son, right. Okay, Looks nothing like him.
0: No, and Steve Earl uh, had a, a very well documented um, history with drug abuse, and then overcame those demons. But obviously, his son went down a similar path and passed away last year. I think you know part of the, I, don't, I think he's done other acting since, but I think I'm right in saying that the people who made The Wire. That was one of his first acting roles, and he was reticent to take it. But they said, well, you're going to run a rehab. You've had a lot of experience in rehab. You've, <laughs> basically, you just have to play yourself, having come out the other side. Right. And, and so, yeah, so Steve Earl was the guy running rehab in in The Wire. You know, I hate to do this right after I just compared
1: myself to Leslie West, but I'm looking at a picture of Steve Earl now, and we have the same
0: balding pattern I might just be fat Steve Earl. You've got the head of Steve Earl and the body of Leslie West. <laughs> like you're, lo- you're losing your hair, but in terms of physical ability, your body's likely to give out at a Leslie West rate more than it is a Steve Earl rate. Right, and I, have, and I have
1: the greasiness of Walter Becker. Well,
0: I mean, there's some talented DNA there, but any way you cut it, you're going to die a, a young death. Someone get me a guitar. Let's just see how I do. <laughs> um... Talking of uh, kids who have uh, also gone down a dark path, and this, I think, is uh, is a sad story. Uh, a while ago on this show, when we were doing um, Song of the Week, I chose the, um, the new track by this band, Suspect 208, that were a, a kind super of supergroup of rock star offspring, because Suspects to 208 featured uh, the sons of uh, Robert Trujillo from uh, Metallica, um, Slashy's kid, and the singer was the son of uh, Scott Weiland from Stone Temple Pilots' uh, Velvet Revolver. They, The singer also sounded like his dad on the song that I had on uh, Song of the Week. So anyway, they got a bunch of attention, obviously, because they're the sons of famous rock stars, and they've been around literally five minutes, and already they've had to kick out Scott Weiland's son from their band, Suspect 208, for drugs, uh. and I think, like it, I, I don't know. I people all kind of make fun of this, but I, I find this kind of sad in terms of Scott Weiland was an amazing talent. He was one of the last really great rock star frontmen who could be like a full on rock star if he was for having sure. a good night, and basically just wasted away because of his addictions. And I don't know the circumstances in which the, the kid was brought up, but all of these kids are, I don't know, late teens, if that. And already Scott Weiland's kids, being a young adult, has seen the path that his dad's gone down, and he's got kicked out of his of his of his new band. I mean, it's one thing for like slash to get in a band with scott wyland and be like oh god we need to do something about this we can't work with him and then slash 18 year old kid is in a new band with scott wyland's son going oh god we need to get a new singer we can't deal with this you know Well,
1: i feel like slash is something you know like Sure, I'm sure when he was a young kid, he saw Slash maybe at some crazy times, but for the most part, Slash has been sober. I'm guessing for
0: most of his life. Uh, um, Slash has been so- well, I don't know I mean Slash has been sober for a, a good sort of ten plus years now. But before yeah. that, you so know. The, let's say the kid's twenty. you yeah, know no, most of his right. life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um,
1: who, who was the other son of the band? Not Robert Trujillo. Robert, Robert Trujillo, you know. I can't even imagine he has a son old enough to be in a band, but <laughs> clearly I don't think Robert Chihiro is any known like massive party or drugger. So like, but Scott Weiland, I mean, like, I can't even imagine he was in this kid's life that much. Yeah. So like it is kind of sad, like but at the same time, can they be that
0: surprised? I don't know. I don't know. I've got a, with Scott Weiland, you know, you can tell stories about the excesses of, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and make them sound fun or funny. And I've got a bunch of stories about dealing with Scott Wyland when he was out of his mind. And you can sort of tell them in a sort of, oh, there was this time I had to interview Scott Wyland and... And to a certain extent, that the, the stories are somewhat amusing. Uh, I mean, there was one time I was, um, was going to interview him, and he, it was for a live interview, and he came into the studio... He was promoting a solo album and we had cameras ready to film the interview. So it's me and him on the other side of the desk, people with cameras around us. And um, he. I'm playing Plush by Stone Temple Pilots on the radio, as in that's going to be the song before the interview. Right. So I sit him down and we say hello. And he's sitting in front of a microphone, in reality, about two minutes away from being live on air with me to discuss his new solo album. But he's so out of it. And I think in this case, it wasn't even illegal drugs. I think he was on loads of prescription meds to just get him through the day because he'd become relatively sober. He hears Plush playing quietly in the background because it's what I'm playing on air. And somehow in his head, he thinks that we've already started the interview and starts talking into the microphone explaining what the song plush is about but i haven't asked that question and we're not on air so you haven't even turned the mics on no but 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 he's so out of it he's put in his head i think he thought i'm in a radio studio my song's playing i must have just been asked what plush is about and I'm going to start giving an answer. And I and I didn't... So, and I, again, we've got people around us who are waiting to film on camera. And he's wittering away into the microphone about Plush. <laughs> and Plush, back to reality, right. has got about 30 seconds left on it. And, oh, and, and after that, I need to actually turn the mics on and actually start the interview. <laughs> and the people that have got the cameras are sort of peeking around the cameras looking at me and their their body language and eye contact with me is basically saying, how the fuck are you going to get out of this? Like, <laughs> you're on how- your own with this one, pal. <laughs> and I, I can't remember what I said, but it was basically like, uh, Scott, hi, 321, we're back in the room. Um, we haven't actually started yet. And uh, and I kind of like woke him up from this sort of dream that he was having where he was answering a question about Plush. And then we went in, uh, you know, and we did the interview. There was another time that um, we were... Uh, he was so late for a show in an amphitheater with Stone Temple Pilots that the crowd got really rowdy. And for some reason, they decided to blame his bad timekeeping on the radio station that i was working for at the time and one of the radio station vans was parked in the sort of outside the main amphitheater bit and a bunch of rowdy drunk stone temple pilot fans turned over the radio station vehicle oh like a, like in protest of, <laughs> yeah these people are probably some of the people that were at the I was say, like, Yeah, we saw Wednesday. something like that recently <laughs> yeah, exactly um but the point is with Scott Wyland, and I've got a bunch of other stories about that, about him just not being with it. So, you know, and I remember interviewing Duff McKagan one time after Scott Wyland. It was after Velvet Revolver, but before Scott Wyland had passed away. And Duff McKagan said, you know, on a good night, he was he was an, an amazing frontman and had a lot to give. And he said there were some nights where Scott Wyland was the best person on stage that evening anywhere in the world. And there were other nights when he shouldn't have been on stage at all. And you you never knew what you were going to get. And the decline was that basically, yes, he ended up dead. But if you look at it, he was with a band that were... This is going to sound disrespectful to that band, but almost like a tribute band to what he actually was. He's playing <laughs> small little venues. Right. He's touring around on a you know. He was a, leading a, a, his own tribute. A, band. You know, a crappy tour bus, and st- and and the drugs had led him to that point because he couldn't maintain a gig playing arenas and headlining festivals and such like, which he had the talent you know to do. So anyway. You you take all of that into account and then you see, you know, the kids form a band and then five minutes after forming the band, they're kicking out Scott Weiland's son. Probably because they tried to do a fucking interview where the son thought he was answering a question about Plush that hadn't been asked at the time, you know? I was going to say, based
1: on these stories, you should have just been happy that he realized that Plush was one of his own songs. <laughs> it would have been even better if he was like, who are these guys? I think I want to jam with them one day. Right. <laughs> and that is how STP got back together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that might have been it. But I, I don't know. I just feel... um I feel sorry for, for, for Scott Wine and the people in that scenario. Um, in other music news that I wanted to cover uh, before we're done with today's episode, there is a new Sex Pistols uh, biopic on the way. Now, it's going to be based on the guitarist, Steve Jones, who I, you could argue isn't the most famous member of the Sex Pistols because I guess Johnny Rotten is the, the person that most people know. Right. Um, who actually has written a bunch of books, but Steve Jones has got a very, very honest biopic oh sorry not biopic biography a very honest book um that he wrote about his life so i think what's going to be uh, i think it's going to be an hbo biopic uh about essentially the sex pistols is going to be based from the point of view of of steve jones book and i think also it maybe makes the biopic more interesting because although johnny rotten is the more famous more vocal member of the Sex Pistols. Steve Jones had far worse heroin addiction and all, and also was a, a huge thief. Like he's got stories of oh, in, wow. in the 70s before the Sex Pistols were formed and even during their early days, basically to fund his drug habit, he used to steal other people's equipment. Like he would hang oh, wow. out around <laughs> the back of venues in London He admitted in later life, when they were both famous before David Bowie died, to David Bowie, that he, for several years owned a bunch of amps and guitars that belonged to David Bowie because Steve Jones sneaked around the back of the Hammersmith Apollo in London in 1970-something. And and I think they were like two... David Bowie was doing like two nights of Ziggy Stardust. So Steve Jones' junkie figured out that if he went at the end of the first night, they'd probably leave all the gear in there for the next night right. and he stole a load of it. That's incredible. So, but that's just one random story I can remember from his book. So I think there's that whole side of it that kind of gives it a more interesting story to be told alongside obviously the story of the right. Sex
1: Pistols. That, I mean, that's really cool. I mean, first of all, making a documentary documentary about the Sex Pistols, great choice. You know, you'll get a lot of the early days of punk, the revolution, all that, uh, you know, world famous band. That being said, with how vocal Johnny Rotten is, there's no way he's going to be happy about the movie being made about his band from the perspective of someone that's not him. How long until we get his version, his less of a budget, less of quality version of the same movie? I that's true. There could be rival movies out because you know, um Can you call it a rival if one has studio backing and one showing up on parlor? Well, I was just
0: <laughs> I was just about to say Johnny Rotten more recently has become uh, quite famous as a very uh, big supporter of President Trump. So, um, you know, if you can still find any kind of app store that will let you download Parler, (laughs) get it now and find Johnny Rotten probably on Parler ranting about the fact that the guitarist from the Sex Pistols is getting a biopic done and he's not. Right. Right. That's why we haven't heard him upset about this yet. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He's probably all over Parler, but no one can actually get it anymore, (laughs) Right. right? (laughs) Um, the other thing that I I also like about Steve Jones is that um, so he had this whole history of being a junkie and a thief and then the sex pistols and then uh, several years after that cleaned up his act got sober and and he moved to LA so he's a, a British rock star who's lived in as I like to call it a prop country for about 35 years now and he absolutely hates england i interviewed him once um this is going back uh, about 10 years now it was just before i was going to move to new york for my first ever uh, uh, radio gig in america so this was in the uk and um he was in the uk because the sex pistols had reformed they were doing some shows and it was an anniversary of never mind the bollocks right and um i met him to do this interview and I knew I knew beforehand that he was someone who loved living in America and was very anti England right and i got I went and met him in reception and got in the elevator with him in London at this radio station and um I said, so kind of like a loaded question because I wanted his uh, his answer. I go like, "So has it been back in London?" <laughs> and he goes. This is his answer to try, try really hard. Because remember, he doesn't know me yeah. and he's in London to do promos. So he can't he doesn't want to be all he doesn't right? offend anyone. And the best thing he could say was oh, I can think of better places to be. <laughs> and I, that's kind of a compliment. And I said to him, Don't worry. I probably didn't use these words, but I might as well have said, Don't worry. You're in a safe space. I hate it too. And I said, also, I'm about to move to America. Are you? Oh. So he knew, and this like the mics weren't on, so this wasn't part right. of the interview that I was going to broadcast. I sat him down in the studio. He ranted off air for like three times as long as the actual interview about the Sex Pistols show, about how much he hated the UK he only ever went back to the uk if he was being paid to be there to work right that was how much he hated it he would never go back to see family or friends and he was telling me a story of he goes because we were working in central london and he went this is also one of the best most eloquent put downs of london that i've ever heard he went you know, I was... Because he talks like this, even though he's been in LA for 35 fucking years, he still talks <laughs> like a fucking London cockney. Right? right. And he went, you know, we went wandering around where the Sex Pistols used to rehearse just down the street in uh, in London yesterday. It filmed some stuff for a DVD. And he goes, uh, I'm wandering down this street where we used to rehearse and they're filming me. And uh, they said... What's it like being back? And I said to him, oh, it just feels like it's been frozen in time. As I walk down the street, don't you think it feels like we're in the sort of Dickens era, you know, like Charles Dickens? And they looked at me blankly as I was saying this on camera. And so to explain it more, I said to him, I mean, look at it. I'll keep on looking upwards, expecting someone's going to throw a bucket of piss out of a window. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. Oh, memories. That is the best put down of the UK about just how shit it is. See,
1: now that's a good interview. What would have been a lot worse is if as you were playing Anarchy in the UK before the interview, is if he felt the need to describe <laughs> what the song was about to nobody right as the song was ending.
0: He is great. and also another thing so this was years and years ago but i know for a fact because i saw him do interviews about it so he wrote the uh, his biography i don't know maybe f- five years ago so this is the book that the tv show is going to be based on and um he was being interviewed for uh, someone on sirius and obviously it was a big book deal so he got paid and as part of it he had to do promotion you know to promote the book right and i'm sure he's thrilled that it's going to be turned into a, a tv show um he was offered a bonus as part of the book deal if he went to England to promote the book because they would get him on TV shows and radio shows right, and such right. like. And he turned down extra money in the advance that he was offered to do a biography because he didn't want to go back to England. That's <laughs> how he could have earned more wow. up from to travel to England for a week, maybe two weeks at the most, to promote a book about his own life. And he hates England so much, he turned down that extra money because he said, I want to stay in America. That's incredible. I think even you would accept a fee to go to England for a I week. was like, damn, Steve Jones, you just upped the British hate game because I feel like I'm such a greedy capitalist. If you were paying me and you flew me at least business class, I would do it. But you still said no. I mean... He played the. Did you watch Californication?
1: Yeah, great show. Right.
0: Steve Jones is the guy that plays the old roadie character in Californication. Oh, well, you have blown my mind twice What's today. his name? I forget that character's name. Oh, but, but, I don't know. but he's basically playing himself, right? He's like an old rock star, still right. talks like this kind of thing. Like, I can't imagine that role paid him so much money, he could be turning down freebie trips to the UK to promote a book about his own life. And that's the thing that really got me, the fact that it's a biography, right? It's not like he's being offered an acting role and he's got to learn scripts and do actual work. He was being paid to go to England for a week or two weeks at the most to talk about a book that he's written about his own life. There's no work involved except you have to get on a plane and actually physically be in shitsville for two weeks, which they're paying you for and he still went nah i'd rather stay in america
1: i mean i totally get it i mean like even obviously the people on the podcast can't see this but see this picture of him he looks like the definition of curmudgeon that never wants to travel ever i mean it might not even be a matter of he loves america i think it's just like this is where i am i'm not going
0: anywhere else (laughs) i will say that um at the end of the interview that i did with him years and years ago just before i moved to new york um, we kind of had our, our bro down just based on pure hatred of england then we did the, the the work bit of talking about never mind the bollocks and the the anniversary gigs that the sex pistols were playing and as i took him back down to uh reception we shook hands to part ways and he said to me uh good luck in america i know how you feel and you need to get out as in leaving and I went, yeah yeah there's words to live by right there. Yeah, exactly. I bet he's probably the type of person that doesn't know how to operate Zoom, but maybe he'll be able to do some promotion for his uh, TV show if it's airing in the UK via computer without right. actually having to travel now. Yeah, this is he loves the pandemic. He's going to watch like Graham Norton on TV in the UK doing the interview. And uh, Graham Norton's going to be going, "Where? where wh- what are you looking at? Can you not see me properly on your end on the Zoom? And Steve Jones is going to be going, no, I'm just looking above you to see if someone's going to throw a bucket of piss out of a window.
1: <laughs> you know, I uh, I get now I'm just comparing myself to fat guitar players, but I'm looking at photos of Steve Jones. And if I was to shave, <laughs> I think I would look like Steve
0: Jones. Maybe you well. They're gonna need a young him for the for the T V show. That's today's This is my moment. That's today's probably not billion dollar idea. Right, I'll take a few thousand. Yeah. You could go there and do the promotion for him. You'd like a freebie trip to England. I'll go to England. You, I don't care. You'll stand in the street where the Sex Pistols used to rehearse and say, I'm here, throw a bucket of piss on me. <laughs> I love piss being thrown on me. All right, no kink shaming on this podcast. <laughs> hey, we didn't even get around to the TV news. We must do this when we return on Thursday for those of you who listen in anything approaching real time. Um, If you want to get in touch with the show, oh, a bunch of people did, and I've got your messages. I'm not ignoring you. I will get round to uh, the messages that have been sent in recently, but we're always in the market for more. So didyouamerica.com is where you can go to. Uh, You can vote for Song of the Week there. Uh, You can also send us a message. If you want to talk to the show, you can buy our Did You America t-shirts. How great are they? So great. Didyouamerica.com for all of that stuff. Did we America today? I know. I know I did.